0: Father, we well, thank you for the opportunity of coming together tonight. Looking at what you have for us, Father, that you taught us so many things. The things that you instituted throughout the lives of our brothers and sisters. We just ask that you give David wisdom tonight as he explains himself. Now, each one of us who is pretty sure with the true meaning of their these things we ask him to show us that.
1: Okay. Welcome to class one. And just so you know, if you do have the book tonight, we're going to do. I don't know how it's going to break down, but we're going to do some introductory things. I think kind of laying some groundwork and through 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 discussion, do some of that. And then, um, in terms of the actual custom or tradition we'll talk about tonight, we'll talk about Bar and Bat Mitzvah. Next week, we're going to at least talk about what he has in his book called Mikvah. Uh, like we call it Believer's Immersion. Uh, whether we combine that with another topic or not, I don't know. But probably after that time, we'll go in the order of the book. Um, we're just doing those two uh, initially for what I think are obvious reasons, because we have a Mitzvah coming up next week, I thought it would be appropriate to start with that topic. Wow. And then the week after that, we have a tevilah service. Uh, and Habakkuk, I don't know if Habakkuk, maybe in here as well. I can't remember if Habakkuk is one of his books. But in any event, that's kind of why we're we broke the order up at least for these first uh, couple classes, and then we'll go from there. So you can see in your notes, um, I start off with a few questions, and that's kind of what I want to talk about: um, customs and traditions. And we're talking about God's appointed customs. I'll talk a little bit about some of the words that are used in Scripture, but usually tra- uh, translation-wise, these are all in the same. What they call the same semantic range, customs or traditions. When I say that, when you hear that word, what do you think of? What what, what is a what is a custom or a tradition? I wrote a few things down for you there that that I think are, that they can be. Um, you can glance at those. Anything outside of that that you think of when when you mention the word something's a custom words or it's a tradition. And, then, and when I talk about custom, don't think of the legal part of a tax kind of custom. Think of the custom and tradition because that's another way to use that word, custom. Yes, Mary
2: something that honors God, that becomes part of family life, people
1: come together. And and just so you know, we can start broad and come there. so for example, Mary mentioned something that honors God, which is true, but let's not overlook, you know, it's a custom that every time you come back from the mountains you stop at this particular place, the family tradition, I mean that is part of, and that's part of the range of what these words mean also. Some things are just simply habits. You know, I think that I now? yeah have it, habitual practices. So yes, certainly we're going to eventually narrow it down to that scope in terms of things that are hopefully have a basis in scripture or a basis in, uh, in a lot of cases, an uh, in interpretation of scripture or something to remind us of scripture. Um, any other thoughts? I thought I saw another hand somewhere. Just no. so some of the things I wrote down again: a habitual practice. Um, Another thing which I think will come into play when we look at some of the words that are used in translated customs or traditions is the second one. Something that is so long established that it has the force of law, okay? Um, And then certainly the idea of that next item that is something that is transmitted from one generation to another, so over time. When it comes to um, some of these definitions, actually straight from uh, dictionary.com, uh, you've got things in terms of when you talk about Jewish traditions or customs; these are the things that we you know were thought to have been passed down or have been received from Moses. And then you're talking sages, and then you're talking generation to generation. Uh, and then among uh, non-Jews, among Christians, if you will, or you know, uh, Gentiles, um, that could be things that they say they feel this is what Yeshua and his apostles uh, did. But maybe things that weren't necessarily originally committed to writing that's often the case when we look at the customs because there are things in Scripture that are that are talked about and um, you don't know exactly how you're supposed to do it, maybe. Or it'll say, you know, the way that God showed Moses, but we don't know exactly how he showed Moses, so we got to come up with a way that that's, what that's done. Um, the fact of the matter is, I think, is that we all have customs or traditions. Okay, we all have them from the simple things as we all have personal habits, the way you do certain things, uh, the particular, you know, stores that you frequent or you like to go to on particular routes, the way you drove here tonight. And these are all traditions, customs, and sometimes we're thrown off when things are, you know, kind of, you know, if there's a roadblock or the Arapahone Yosemite is still closed down, you're like, well, what do I do now? (laughs) I had a buddy that used to live in the country of Virginia and he said sometimes uh, you sort of end up being like, um, he described it as a, I'll try to make maybe the language won't be a problem. You, you he described it as a cow looking at a new fence. It's if you can imagine that. And can't jump over. Like all of a sudden it's the way the cow was wet, but there's a fence here now. And like just doesn't know what to do. It couldn't follow his normal normal pattern, you know? Mindset. What's
2: that? A
1: mindset. Yeah, exactly. You're stuck in a mindset a, a paradigm and so forth. You got things. I mean, I know Mr. Zims has his annual fishing trip. That's a tradition, right? That was just that is yeah. That was a tradition. Um, Ready to go. And so when we talk about customs and traditions, and I think certainly in this setting, I mean, if we're talking about like the annual fishing trip, nobody's nobody's any problem with that. But I think sometimes when we're in a you know quote unquote religious setting, and we talk about customs or traditions, there's a tendency to um, chafe at that. You know what I mean? It's a tendency that kind of maybe rubs you a little wrong, and maybe you think about. Um, the book of Mark, chapter seven, uh, verse thirteen. I don't, think, I don't think I put this in your notes, but this is where Yeshua is critiquing uh, Pharisees. He says, you know, he says a bunch of things, and he says, "You're doing all this, thus making void the word of God through your tradition that you have handed on, and you do many things like this." He's giving them a hard time about the traditions of men uh, has made the word of God of no effect. You've invalidated, you've voided the word of God. So. We, we talk about traditions and in one in one sense of the word we think they're wonderful and they make us happy and so forth. And in the other sense, when we think about it when it comes to, you know, quote, religion, oh no, we cannot have have that kind of thing. Um, and I don't know that everyone here thinks that, but I think that, that is often what we come across and maybe with certain traditions and other traditions, no. And we'll get into a little bit of, of what, you know, depends on where they come from. Is it scripture, is it based in scripture? Can we just that and the other? But our, my next question there, are. Are traditions or customs important? Um, and I wrote down one reason why why they can be. I think they are. And that's in the fact that they are an attempt to express sentiments and beliefs in concrete form. Any thoughts about that or why, or other reasons why you think maybe traditions are important? Joanne. Mm-hmm. Uh, another reason why I think traditions are important is uh, are a way of
3: passing on a legacy. And uh, you'll often hear people say, even if for a time um, they grew up with such traditions, and for a time they've left it, you find later on in life when they come to their senses, you know,
4: yeah.
3: um, they come back to it, and it and it um, it it helps bring them back to the beliefs or whatever it is they've lost. So I think that's a positive
4: tradition. Can I create some kind of identity?
5: What what's that? I tend to, re- <laughs> to reinforce. Reinforce. sort a good teaching method. Keep <laughs> <community> <laughs> spirit. It's, yeah. it some kind of
4: identity,
1: yeah. for, group, identity or... for a group. Yeah. And I'll tell you, for you know, most I would say, other than you know, I won't single out any people under twenty here, but uh, <laughs> at but they would. These things would be very important when you think about traditions. I mean, I don't know what it is. And it might be the fact, you know, that, uh, what's that park downtown you guys go to with the big swing, and your dad fell off the swing and. What's that one? Helichus. Yeah. yeah. That'll be a tradition, I mean, probably, at some point. Or if you leave Denver and you come back, it's like, it gives you some feeling. There's those kind of things, but there'll be other things as well. Um, the things, hopefully, that, that go on here at yashat Deshaun- and There'll be certain traditions that just, you feel different when you, when you do those kind of things. So, to express sentiments and beliefs in concrete form, and I expanded on that by saying that ideas and thoughts, ideas and thoughts, are in and of themselves, they're not capable of stirring your heart or your mind unless they're presented in such a way as to appeal to the imagination in some way. Um, and in this way, this is a way that loyalties and interests of people can be as what's been mentioned from generation, to generation, generation to generation these are ways that things can be, these interests and loyalties that people have are preserved and strengthened in. And in some ways, in those things that are really for your best interests, anyways, if that makes sense. So, should we observe traditions? Okay, and maybe that's part of the same question. Um, I put the quote there from Kaz, if you read his introduction, by the way, if you, I don't know how you know. When you read books, uh, maybe I'm throwing this out to nobody, but personally, when I get a book, front cover, back cover, read everything, and then. Uh, Actually, I I do it a little different. I go right to the, the, definitely to the introduction of the preface. I think it tells you a whole lot before you get started. And then you can look at the table of contents, and there's other ways after that. But I think he mentioned this in his preface, is that the issue uh, is really not whether believers in Yeshua have traditions or not, because that's what he's looking at this, the Messianic Jewish guide to the biblical life cycle and lifestyle, borrowing, looking at things that are uh, present in traditional Judaism, and what what is it that we're you know, we as believers in Yeshua? What can we take? What what's the value there? He says the issue, therefore, is not whether believers in Yeshua have traditions or not, but what the approach should be to those traditions. Because not only do I believe the answer to that question should we observe them is, you know, yes, we should. But I think that I think that it's really unavoidable. Yeah, yeah I was
3: gonna say, couldn't we say that the feasts are God's traditions? Right, uh, it's uh, yeah. because it's He's getting, it's getting it, it. It's, yeah, and I think somehow the human soul mm-hmm. requires traditions, mm-hmm. which is why a we form them anyway, yeah. Yeah. right? And they're very meaningful. There's a lot of th- I think in a lot of ways that it uh, enhances our life and so forth. Mm-hmm. So that I don't think anyone can say we shouldn't form any traditions.
1: Yeah. It's interesting, I'll I'll talk about one of my, I won't jump ahead in my notes, I'm already sort of disjointed my notes, I'm going to keep going down there, but I think I touch on that again, That idea that, again, I'm not accusing people of anything, but I think there are some times we, we come up with things we say about tradition or traditions of man and so forth, and it's like, it doesn't make any sense, quite frankly, because again, I do think that it's unavoidable when you look at the idea that, again, we're starting traditions, really, even biblically, they're some of the words when we look at the biblical words that just means habit there's no emotionally charged words with tradition or custom in in the bible i didn't do exhaustive word studies i did a few words here we can look at but best i can tell there's no real pattern like ah, every time it's negative they use this word every time it's positive they use this word i think there's just a there's more words in hebrew it seems but there's there's just sort of basic words that it's uh that they're just it's it's, so it's unavoidable that we're that we're going to be able to escape Tradition. I wrote here that, you know, the Bible itself is a tradition. The, the non-tradition people sometimes forget that. Uh, if you ever study uh, what's called canon, um, you know, why, why are the books of the Bible the books of the Bible? I mean, I'd like to say that there is a, you know, 2,000-year-old perfectly preserved uh, manuscript that says, this. these are the books, it's exactly that we have them today. The fact of the matter is that doesn't exist. There are great there are great manuscripts for the the New the New Testament scriptures. There there are good manuscripts for the Old Testament, not as good from a academic standpoint even as, as the New Testament scriptures. Um, but the fact of the matter is, even the New Testament scriptures they're all um, a result of um, a product of tradition. Quite frankly, sometimes people really have no good answer for why is the old, why do we believe that the Tanakh is even the Tanakh? You know. Um, and I, won't, I don't want to get into all that kind of stuff, but I, you know that that's important to, to realize that tradition is even just, even the Bible. The person that says, "I only do what's what's in you know what's in the Bible." No traditions, because I've heard I have heard that before. Well, the Bible is tradition right there. You're going to start with that. So uh, the fact is that, that that itself is the result of tradition. Um, so it's been mentioned that traditions are useful and I don't know if Kaz mentioned mention this or not, but um, there are times we don't even necessarily know why. Now, when it comes to some traditions where we don't know why we do certain things, there are some things that I think Maimonides was the one who said, uh, you know, just kind of, basically I'll paraphrase what he said is, just sit tight, eventually you might understand why. So do it in the meantime, <laughs> that's basically what he's saying. That's good in some cases, in other cases, we, we have to face the fact that sometimes traditions are outdated, and I mean outdated in the sense where maybe we know what the reason is, and maybe we really can't even do certain things anymore, right? We look at certain uh, uh, traditions, and I, I may talk about it later, I'll jump in here, that there's certain things that can't be done, even in Judaism, because there's no temple, and we can't do certain temple sacrifices. So because of that, other things have supersede, uh, superseded, but certain things have come in and taken the place, because you just can't do them anymore. Uh, there's an old story also, I don't know if you ever heard that one about the, the, the newlywed who, you know, oh, yeah, cooking in the pot. She chops off the ends of the, the, the ham or whatever whatever she's making, the ham, the, the, the bread, the, the steak. She chops off both ends and, and finally the husband asks why and he's like, well, my mom used to do that. So he goes to the mom, why do you do that? Well, my mom used to do it. So the, the, that, she's still alive, She's finally she says, why do you do it? My daughter does it? Her, your daughter does it? And the lady says, well, it's because the pan's not big enough, you know? And so the point is that's a tradition maybe you ah, oh, that doesn't make sense anymore. Um, so. But in general, they're useful. And you might not even know why, but that doesn't mean you should You should write them off. Um, there was another another example I thought of, and maybe a little bit of a stretch, but it's like there's a sign on a, on a fence, and you come up to the fence, or not sign on the fence, there's a fence you gotta cross to this other fence, and your buddy says, all right, we've gotta do it. Your tradition says we gotta do it in, 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 in 7.5 seconds or less, you know? <laughs> And that seems silly. Why 7.5 seconds? Well, we just got to do it in 7.5 seconds. Well, the old farmer comes out and says, Well, I'll tell you why you got to do it in 7.5 seconds. He says, Because my bull, when he comes out of the barn, he can do it in about
6: eight.
1: <laughs> so you better get over there before he finishes. Right. So there may be a reason you don't know, and maybe it's good just to try it in the 7.5 seconds for now until you find out why. Um, I put on there customs in Yeshua, because that's, you know, that's, that's important for us to consider. And I put on there the, the, the Last Supper, right? Um, in the book of Exodus, we read about the elements of the Passover. We read about lamb. We read about matzah. We read about bitter herbs. But is that all Yeshua, is that all that took place at his Seder, at his Last Supper? We see that no. He had multiple cups of wine. Wine wasn't really necessarily talked about at all, let alone multiple cups of wine, right? He sang a psalm. Um, in other words, there was tradition that was but there was that was involved. Yes, Mary? And
2: he also taught them. You know he, he, and those are the last words that he really imparted to them to build them up and when you come together you know have them together so mm-hmm. He knew that they spent those three years together but now we reinforce it and you know the traditions reinforce us to say this is going to help us to live carry through mm-hmm. you know and be into god
1: Mm-hmm. yeah even beyond the example of the, of the last <laughs> the Last Supper, the, the, the Pesach I mean you see other little things are slipped in there and you talk when Paul will talk about and I, I put some of the references when it comes to the words um, if you were to search custom traditions so you come up with some of the references that Paul said these are things that aren't scripture necessarily or you should you know talking about a Sabbath day journey and these kind of things that are talked about um, but it's, it's, there's plenty in there that you can gloss over um, if you're not uh, if you're not paying attention we have told her a Shabbat about a about a tradition.
5: This tradition that well, we face. It's more than a tradition. So, no, I know, but I mean that's that's what, that's what you understand what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's it was one of the first commandments. Right, but it, and yes, and absolutely yes. I don't want to take away from that, but just. But
1: every you know that we face to the it's customary that we face to the east. Sure, yes, it's a commandment. We know what that. Well, the I assume you mean James and what's representing, because it doesn't say thou shalt face east. What do you mean? No, no. no. Shabbat.
5: I meant. The Shabbat. Oh, 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 okay. I I so said, Shabbat oh, the I'm sorry.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, no,
5: I was talking about that. It, it's customary. It's I knew where he was going. I'm sorry, yeah. I jumped. That's all right. It Facing to the east. It's customary to face to the east to face Jerusalem. Right. Where every I mean, there's a custom that we do or we hear. Right. And I don't, just and if you research that, times, if you right. research
1: that, there'd probably be something. I, I mean, I've not researched that one. But so it, so, it, so
4: it the could, book of Daniel, he says that he always he he was praying at right.
1: the window that was right. facing Jerusalem. Right. There you go. There's usually a basis some, somewhere. Right. <laughs> um, so I think that answers some of our questions as to why why study them. Well, I let me ask that question. We've talked about some of them, but why why stu- why, you know, why take the time this evening to even t- to go through this book? Why study? Why study? I mean, and I put these here. These are not necessarily answers, but these are, these might be some reasons people do. These might be some reasons that, that might be legitimate. Number one, I put curiosity. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I get this, some of these craziest questions from people sometimes. I wasn't a real observant Jew necessarily, but i did get questions like, well, is it true that, and they'd come up with some, you know, that you're not allowed <laughs> to play soccer on Tuesday nights or something like, yeah, that's in the Bible, right, you know, and these kind of crazy, so there's just some kind of, sometimes there's just curiosity. Um, I sometimes—I'll um, be honest with you guys. Not I'm lying. I sometimes there's a, there's sometimes people that come to Yeshua Zion, um visitors, well-meaning. And I don't mean to disparage anybody, but and, and I I'll, maybe I'm sizing them up and judging too soon. But they're what I put in the category of they're taking a trip to the zoo. I don't mean this in a negative way. Oh, we're in a Bible study. We're studying the Torah. So, if we wanted to come and see Jews, real live Jews, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there might be, you know, we, we know there's a lot of we have non-Jews here as well as Jews. But I tend to say it's sort of like they want to see this stuff for real. It's kind of like a trip to the zoo. I yeah. um,
2: <laughs> we'll to see
1: a <laughs> Joy Urbach sometimes says and I'm I'm outing her here. She'll say they they're going out for, for Chinese food. A little yeah, something they want you, but I call it the trip to the zoo, but anyways. <laughs>
3: well, I was going to say, this I is asked, me on tape, right? <laughs> there was that this, so and on time right now. Um,
1: I had come into the sanctuary, and
3: a lady was sitting down, there and then I went to tell her hello,
1: just a greet her. She said, Is it okay if I'm here? I love yeah, you. Yeah. But is it all right to come am here? Of yeah. course <laughs> But I mean, I was so stunned. Like, um, we get those calls in the office regularly. Can I come? What should I wear? That kind of stuff.
3: Well, i understand what, can I wear a kit? It's a high
1: School, yeah, right? but i I've got the can I come also. It's all right. Same exact thing you just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there
3: is a church who brings the uh, young people as a field trip.
1: Well, it's, and listen, church I did it as part of a seminary project. That was one of the, the projects. Go to a place that's not in your tradition. Ideally, we're all under the same banner. We can get into that and what it looks like, and draw the consensus circles and all these things. But yeah, so I, I've done the same thing. You know, but I mean, I did it to get credit for a class. But other people, you know, do it. I think for, again, it's good reason. I'm not putting those people down. But I do think it's, in a sense, kind of falls under the, the curiosity, the curiosity piece. <laughs> um, some will say we study them or, and actually, they'll saying, even we talk about the Tanakh, we look at that only to pull out the principles. That's the only reason. There's nothing redeeming because these are traditions of men, because this is not scripture. But we're going to look and just pull out the principles for me in my life. And I think that's the reason sometimes people do it. I don't think that's really fully. On the one hand, when you take the membership class, we talk about um, looking when we talk about the, the, the commandment class, so to speak of the Torah, one of the assignments is to, to do just that. Look at something you think is very obscure in terms of a commandment. Uh, we can talk about what commandments are because that often just kind of gets lumped under, lumped under commandments when really there are multiple words that are often translated commandment law. Torah is one of them. Code is one of them. Statutes. You've got these other words that are those words. But anyway, pull out something that you feel is obscure that you couldn't apply to yourself at all, you know, whether it's the, the two threads in your clothes or you. Believe me, there's good explanations for that, and separation, and bigger pictures, um, or your your neighbor's you know ox when it falls. Well, the truth is, most of us don't have a neighbor with an ox, probably. So, how could we somehow pull some kind of you know principle out of that? So that that's that's possibly another reason to to study tradition, and, and customs, um, and I put critique them as well because again, that that can off that can sometimes be our attitude. Like, well, that seems silly. Why would you face east? Why are you kissing the Torah? That's odd. That's just idolatry and we can critique, we can say they're critique. That could be a reason we want to do them. Any other thoughts, you think, as to why why you why are you studying this? Why would you want to study these study these things? Mr. Shepherd, well, in my tradition, the Episcopal
0: Church, the Anglican Church, we have lots of high church, lots of wonderful traditions that mm-hmm. as you say, when somebody comes in from a Baptist or Pentecostal or whatever tradition, yeah. uh I was sitting next to a Baptist deacon on Maundy Thursday. You and I have talked about mm-hmm. Maundy Thursday. Mm-hmm. One is to honor, you know, honor the past, honor the saints who have come before us, mm-hmm. and to study to better understand. Because as we study what they, the reasons they came up with these sacraments and mm-hmm. traditions were well thought out for the most part. Right. There are silly ones, there, sure. there are the irrelevant ones, but uh, for the most part you can worship better, you can understand maybe your, um, understand yourself, we, we talk about sacraments being outward and visible signs mm-hmm. of an internal field mm-hmm. that's what the Eucharist is that's what baptism is, it represents something physio- physical you can enjoy and see, yeah. but more importantly it represents the fact that Jesus was baptized.
1: There's one of, the, one of the words I don't know if I put it in the notes enough, but um, sometimes, when you know, if you ask a Jew sometimes why do you do X, why do you do this because my mom said so, or because the rabbi said it's a mitzvah. I, mean, I may talk about what a mitzvah is. Mitzvahs actually can be a very broad thing. It literally means command or commandment, um, but it's turned into a kind of good deeds. But one of the one of the word that's used in that category of words is the word edut or edot, which is witness. In other words, there's going to be people that see your outward expression of of doing the mitzvah, the, which backs up to the tradition, which hopefully backs up somewhere. Um, I put in the notes here that not only you know, a, a reason is that not only can traditions be meaningful, which I think we're kind of getting that picture and agreeing with, is that they can also be fun. I mean, we can think about, is the the fly fishing trip fun? Yeah. Yeah. So there can be other traditions that can be fun. Um, There are things that go on at Bar and Bat Mitzvahs that uh, probably won't go on this week just because we don't have space for the dancing and different things, but lifting up on a chair and the other part of fun, which you won't have, which is a ton of alcohol, which we'll get, it talking about that, right? but, but those are all, your yeah, traditions, in a sense, can be
6: It just depends what sure, it might be, sure. it be, I just saw the bar, barmester and, and and they were dancing oh, yeah. behind the guy, oh, yeah. they were singing, it was, yeah. uh, oh, everybody, and everybody, everybody yeah. was all behind, it can, it can <laughs> be fun, everybody right? enjoyed it, it was really fun.
4: Sure. <laughs>
1: so there's, and, and you know, you look at the, in, in the book of Esther, you look at Purim, it clearly talks about in scripture there, that it's quite. I mean, there's no interpretation there. It's like, it's all that stuff. Well, that's like here. I mean, is there a, is there a week that goes by that we don't have an o a? I, mean, I mean, just, ask ask it, it I'm just Every saying. once in a while. <laughs> yeah, small, it's always, 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 right. always small. Always small, if not the big one, but always have donuts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. When like. yeah. Jews get together, they
6: have they? To they do, that's,
1: that's right. A good, that's a good thing. But you know, <laughs> the, um, so again, they can be fun, uh, uh, but a uh, uh, real reason that I think I want to tell you why we're looking at them in this class at Yeshua Zion, that there is the idea of of outreach and relatability. In one sense, maybe you're invited to go to a, a, a Jewish friend of yours, you Maybe it's a Reform synagogue and they invite you. I mean, you won't be completely foreign to what's going on. You'll have heard about it. You'll know the basis. It may not even be what they think it's about. They may have no idea what it's about. But there's a certain aspect of relatability, I think, that we want to know some of the traditions. Don't assume that all the, every Jewish person you talk to is gonna know any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they might know some, they might be different, because even when you say, what is what is the Jewish idea of Bar, Bar Mitzvah? Believe me, I, you know, I read half a dozen books this week. I got, half, I got you know, a dozen opinions, I was gonna say, right? In yeah, half a dozen books, I got a dozen opinions on different, this is why the Orthodox do this. And then the Orthodox uh, allow girls. Some Orthodox allow girls. Some, you know, this, that, and the other. Just, it's all over the map, so you can't necessarily say that, but you're getting, getting exposed to that for our purposes, which we want to, we oh, part of our vision statement is we want to we incorporate practices of, of Judaism where where it seems to be applicable and relevant, and we also want to be able to relate to people in that respect. So that's definitely a reason um, that we that is a reason why we would study it. And again, I want to I want to um, reiterate that within Judaism, traditions are not unsupported; they're not unsupported. Like, why do you wait eight hours between, your five hours, of eating, eating a hamburger and drinking a glass of milk? Well, there's a reason. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a reason why. Why do you wait 18 minutes in the process of making matzah, you know, from this stage to that stage, and why that's kosher? Well, 18 is very significant. I'll talk about that to you. And the point is, there, there are reasons. But you can back it up, and you might think it's it's, 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 a, it's a stretch. Sometimes it's a stretch. But in general, uh, there are, they are not unsupported. There will always be a basis in Scripture. There will always be a basis in scripture for the tradition, And again, we may disagree or find it an odd basis, but there will be a basis nonetheless. There's oh.
6: um, as a, as a file right now in Israel, the Knesset, about they want to make it this place for in the world, to, uh, for the uh, everybody pray together, right. and, <laughs> and the tradition is... You play, the men pray on one side and the women pray another. Right. And now, I should be up for right about that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I don't know if you heard about right. Well, here's the we thing. Really good good. Did you hear when it's about three, I think it's four, well, oh, I don't know how many years ago. Maybe it's been four or five years ago when Arnold Fruchtenbaum was here. Does anybody remember Arnold Fruchtenbaum when yeah, he came? Yeah, from California. Huh? The guy from California? He from California. He told the story about you know, the, the, the guy that was struggling in the synagogue because every time during the Shema, he would stand up. And other people would say, no, no, you sit down, you don't stand up, you know, this is, you can sit, relax, we're free now, and he's like, and you know, somebody goes, no, hey, you don't sit, you put you kneel, what do you mean you kneel, we're not Catholics, we don't kneel, like, tra- and he couldn't figure out, he's like, well, which is it, what's the tradition, because they're just arguing, you know, like, so he goes, to the, he goes to the rabbi and he goes, what's the tradition, <laughs> I mean, are we supposed to stand, are we supposed to kneel, or we supposed to sit, So well, I don't know, you should go ask the, 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 the retired rabbi emeritus, maybe he knows, you know, <laughs> so he goes up to the, the the rabbi before that rabbi and he says, "I have a question for you. You know, at, at services, you know, when they do, when we start doing the Shema, I, I like to stand up. Some like to stand up, and other people then argue and say, you know, you know, which do we do? Do we stand up or do we sit? You know, because other, you know, which is the tradition? Because really, what happens is that everyone just argues and gets in a fight. And the rabbi says, uh-huh, that tradition, that." That's the
6: tradition. <laughs> 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 so that's for example, for
1: example I, I, was, um, I, I was watching
4: a testimony of a oh, Sephardic uh, lady from Argentina. Um, let's that, listen to the word. Uh, she's from Argentina, so she's explaining that her, her, her son was going through his bar mitzvah, uh-huh. so he was so excited, and she, she was trying to approach the boy, her son. And the rabbi said, no, 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 no. So she said, you know, I feel like they throw a bucket of water on me. Mm-hmm. So she said, so she started asking, this, this things myself, for example, when all the Jews were called to come to the Thalman day, you know, Yom, Yom, Yom Kippur, I mean, do they send the, the people coming from outside or, you know, <clears throat> it doesn't leave in Jerusalem, were they sending women and men mm-hmm. separate? Or? Yeah. So she started challenging people a yeah. bunch of traditions, that yeah. It doesn't make any sense. That's true. Like, for example, um, <clears throat> I've been mean, in Chabad, and for the most part, first of all, there's no music, mm-hmm. and um, everything is just capella and, right. and hands. <clears throat> and and, and everything's, everything is mm-hmm. facing east. Mm-hmm. Even the rabbi and and, and there is no uh, really ironic benediction at the end. I mean, the mm. rabbi doesn't stand up and right. do the ironic benediction. So
1: everything is it's different. It's true. <laughs> you know, and again, a lot of times the reasons, reason for it will become that it's it's just a mitzvah. It's what we do, you know. Um, Mitzvahs are really at the heart of Judaism, OK? So you'll hear, I mean, if a Jewish person is observant, religious, likely doing it for the reasons of they're doing a mitzvah. They're trying to rack up because yeah, there's 613 commands. How many can I get? There's 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 stats on just how many you could probably do, maybe 220 or 112 or whatever the case is, but you're trying to kind of rack those up, and that's at the heart of Judaism. Um, and a mitzvah, when you hear someone talk about a mitzvah, we we know the word means command or commandment in, in, in Hebrew, or mitzvah son or you know, the commandment, bad mitzvah daughter of the commandment, um, but it's really the the idea that anything that promotes proper behavior, and again we we could tend to go, gosh, that doesn't sit very well with me. That sounds a lot like legalism. Um, but I want to encourage us here that we need to beware that sort of, you know, our anti-legalism stance, make sure that it doesn't become legalism in and of itself, you know? And so often I think it's, you know, it's I'm not legalistic. In fact, I'm so not legalistic that I'm legalistically refusing to do anything that I view as legalism. It's hard. You paint yourself in a corner. So that's why I think we look for the... The, the foundation of what a mitzvah mitzvah is, a commandment is, a tradition is, and be careful not to say well I don't see it in the New Testament scriptures I don't see it in, in the Tanakh, so I'm not going to do it, because that can sort of become uh, a legalism in itself um, and again, under that idea of mitzvah there's lots of things, there's 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 statutes, there's judgments, there's things that you are doing as a visible witness like keeping kosher, going to high holidays wearing a kippa or wearing these are visible things, there's all kinds of There's not just commands, because it kind of covers a much broader range. But again, I I feel personally that the line, and what we try to do Yashat Zion, the line, so to speak, that we want to draw is where we feel that the mitzvah, or the the tradition, or whatever it is, if, if if we feel that that's in a way purifying us, and especially improving our position with God. If we feel like that's what it's doing, solely, just by the fact of doing it, now then that's where we wanna really that's where we could kind of draw the line and say, let's let's talk about talk about this. Um, yeah.
3: Just a couple of things. Um, you sure does tend to come I mean he says that your um your works be seen before men. That's mm-hmm. the whole idea of witness. Yeah. And glorify your father in heaven. So there is I think some point of Doing things at least, if anything, it does it has people asking you, why do you do this? Sure. Which is a good thing. But the other thing is, um, I'm very disturbed about this whole thing about legalism for this reason. Um, I come across when I have a lot of people talk about, well, I don't believe in legalism and so on. They translate that to mean I don't believe in um, having any to do list. They say no uh-huh. list of do's and don'ts. Uh-huh. Um, and yet, if I go back to the early believers, what was the thing that they were saying? is They said that the um, non Jews who were coming in, in order to be saved, they needed to X, Y, and Z, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where the problem came in, that they were saying you had to do all these many things
1: mm-hmm.
3: to be considered part, right? But if you say that legalism is a list of do's and don'ts, what you're saying is, is it was wrong for God to give commandments in the first place.
1: It really gets, that's we've had messages on Psalm 19, Psalm 119, these kind of things, and I think. I mean, to me, it gets into a whole area of, you know, what's commonly overgeneralized as the term hyper-grace nowadays, these grace movements and things like that. There's nothing you can do. God has forgiven everything you've done now, in the past, in the future. And again, we could go on, we could do the book study on hyper-grace, that's a whole other thing. But you're right. I mean, I think that's, that's true. Because tradition, yeah. there's
3: nothing, uh, if your heart is right, there's nothing wrong. Ra- um,
1: uh, there are,
3: the tradition is, is, is good enough. There's nothing there's nothing wrong in it. There's no, no, you know, as long as you're right. not saying my salvation depends on well,
1: it's it. It's and it's not, and this gets really tricky. I mean, I've had this, uh, arg- well, this argument this arguments last discussion with Joe Charnas, and, and we haven't ever worked it out. I mean, what is it in Galatians three, Romans five? All these, these areas where it seems like that's exactly what it's saying, and you know, um, it's not all just hard. I mean, it's not as clear cut as much like you put like you're going to put in a box. I think about a friend of mine who actually goes to Chabad, or he's talking about over here in Lone Tree. And, he's part of the security team and he's like, they, they talk on the radios, like, where are they in the Sador? Oh, well, they're in Kalaheim. How did they get there so fast? And he's like, they're just, they're just blowing through like, these these kind of things. And so it's hard to judge that. But in, in some cases, um, you're praying three times a day, and you're trying to get the 112 prayers in, um, you can go pretty fast. Well, yeah. um, let's move on. I don't want to miss out on talking about the Bar about Mitzvah too, but let me, let's go on a little bit here um, and we can talk some more afterwards too. Because I know this is this is some emotionally charged stuff here. It's, it's tricky. Um, because the next question especially I asked, I said, in terms of the Jewish customs, should they be observed in a Messianic Jewish congregation? Course, part A. Part B, should those customs be observed just by Jews? What about non-Jews? I think I they're
6: think very, very nice customs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I like
1: it. This goes to what I think I heard of what I'm just saying a minute ago is respect for tradition. Yeah. Um, I think to. You know, and I think right. because let me let me be. I'll be frank with you. Um, I worked under non-Jews getting bar bar bat mitzvah. Sure. Why not? Why not? <laughs> why not? Why not? You want to say why not or why? I
6: don't. I'm I mean, I'm not Jewish, but I had one because I didn't see a bar bat mitzvah just being a Jewish thing. I thought of it as, yeah. as like yeah. a religious yeah, kind it. of thing mm? of having celebrating. Um, like having it's a celebration right. to live your life for God. That's mm. kind of how I saw it.
1: But yeah, now I, I mean this, we're not going to figure this one out tonight, by the way. Because this, this is this can be. may not have thought about it much. I uh, <laughs> obviously. What? I think the
4: Roman Empire got to do with all this. What's it? The Roman Empire Roman got to Empire? do with all this. Oh. Constantine, he just crumbled everything. Well, here's he's the thing. separate. He 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 cited this. Right. Christians.
1: Uh, about his people to sever from Judaism. Well, again, this touches on many things. So, but obviously, we do them in yeshivas, you young, Okay, do we have it perfectly? Do we figured out perfectly. Do we feel 100% comfortable. I can tell you, I don't. I'm not saying I have it figured out, but I can. I, I, I want us to realize this because we go back to one of the reasons I talked about for why to study these, and one of them is is for our witness and for our ability to relate to Jewish people. Um, you you need to know that it could be seen as offensive. You need Bible. to know also, Bible. what's that? By
2: whom? By a Jewish person. Because
1: you're not a Jewish person. Now,
2: well,
1: what you need to understand, another part of it, and again, you, you can't speak for all of, of Jewry, yeah. okay? Um, but if a non Jewish person, now, a non Jewish person can be someone who, a rabbi, is a congregate in their congregation whose father is Jewish and mother's not. For whatever, in whatever definition they use, they're gonna say, this kid's not Jewish. It could, and it could be, and I could go from this congregation to that congregation and what those criteria are. Bottom line is, either a questionably Jewish person, or even just a completely non-Jewish person. A Jewish person, certainly a religious Jewish person, could very well, could very well, be like exactly like, like Rose was saying, this is great, I mean, well, it's wonderful, and they feel very connected that you're honored that you're observing this custom. Or they could be like, well, this is weird or even offensive, and at a minimum, they might think, well, you have to have a conversion for like be, Convert to Judaism then, and that's a common practice. Mm-hmm. So a non-Jewish person in the eyes of the synagogue wants to become bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah, fine. You're gonna go through conversion classes mm-hmm. first,
5: yes. then, yes. otherwise, it
1: doesn't, otherwise it doesn't make sense to them. So again, we could argue this out, we could say right or wrong. My point is I'm throwing it out there so you realize that that's a possibility. Yes, Mary? Well, he
2: goes back to Paul and Peter. Agreeing on mm-hmm. You know, certain decisions.
1: What are you doing? You know, teaching the yeah. Gentiles and you're saying yeah. that they can't become you have to become a Jew artist in order to accept Yeah, and for us, this gets into what uh, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna get into it tonight necessarily, but like even when it comes to Tvila, to which we do. Um, we, meaning like Haim and myself, Michael, James, uh, Floyd, want to know like if someone's doing one of these let's say, you know, let's say Rosh says, I want to get my mitzvah now, so we want to make sure. Or if someone wants to get uh, immersed. We'd like to find out. We want to find out what you realize? Let's make sure we understand what why you're doing this. In other words, you realize you're not becoming Jewish, right? <laughs> you're not going to come up out of the water Jewish or something, and so these kind of things. So these are these are these are again not easy things to sort out, but we need to be aware of them. That whereas we might we're, when we're kind of in this we, and we're part of these so when we've been here, we're committed, and we think it's wonderful that I get up and I wear I wear a yarmulke and a tallit and. And i say the Shema, a Jewish person may think that's wonderful. A Jewish person may think that's weird. A Jewish person might think that's sacrilegious. I don't know. I can't speak for, you know, what they might think. But I'm just saying that is a possibility. So keep that in mind. So another (coughs) reason we want to study so that you can say, well, here's why I do it. And I sort of see the Bar about Mitzvah this way. In fact, your tradition says X, and I kind of take, you know, so this is why we'd we'd want to study these things. I
6: understand that because I know that. I see these and uh, all these uh, people, All mm-hmm. oh, these are, uh, these uh, the one seven, the one in Israel, oh, I know you are not know exactly. A very, very, very religious
3: tradition.
1: Sure, they don't affect
3: anybody. They might
6: have narrow views themselves.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's That's nice. to, uh,
3: yes, To ask, um, since the Gentiles were drafted in, so back in Paul's day and so forth, um, the Gentiles, like a prosper something like a Cornelius type fellow, what do you think? Yes, the of the
1: there's a God fair. There, there's a cross line Would any of these have a mitzvah? That's a perfect segue. In terms of this study, of our study, are these really appointed times? Yes. Yeah. Appointed customs. So we're in the fir- we're on the first one tonight. I'll jump ahead a little bit. Uh, obviously, yes. Some of them are going to be very much. Yeah, it's right there in scripture. You know, we'll see it to be law, at least in the New Testament scripture. Bar Mitzvah. So did were they were they bar about mitzvah at that time? Well, if you read Kasdan's book, he referenced Luke chapter two, verse forty one. Remember that? There, has anyone not read the book yet? He talks about this is where Yeshua, this is where Yeshua was. His parents were looking for him, and oh, and he, you know, he, well, where was he? He was at the temple, and they were amazed at his teaching and so forth. Well, Kasdan says that's the clearest uh, picture of a bar mitzvah. Okay, how many think it is? How many agreed with Kasdan there? that it's a Oh I think that me, yeah. And then maybe just read unsure. But he was or uh,
6: yeah, Joshua was Jewish. So he was just uh, the was Jewish, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So
1: so listen, so obviously Kazn believes that way. Um, there's a gentleman named Leon Morris, who's a fantastic old testament scholar, not Jewish. Also actually it's kind of ironic. I read his commentary and I read David Stern's commentary. Leon Morris agreed that it probably was. David Stern, if you read his commentary, disagrees. Uh, on a historical basis, and it's other basis. So for instance, on a historical basis, he says that there's really no evidence of Barbar Mitzvah's in the first century, certainly not codified or in the, in the way we see them today, that really we see that in the Middle Ages. That's when we first see it. Um, other authors, again, disagree with that historical piece that they do, they, 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 I didn't see the citation. One author just said, we have evidence of first century, but I didn't see a footnote, so I don't know. Um, and then uh, David Stern says, and besides, it's a thirteen. Anyways, and the, the the text, the Greek text, says he was twelve. It says dodeca, I mean, it's got the number twelve in there. So, so again, I, I would probably say, I don't know. Yes and no. I don't know. I mean, th- there's some, there's some. Uh, it's interesting. I think that it says Yeshua was twelve and he was in the synagogue and they were there and he was there. I mean, was he training all this kind of stuff? Again, we're speculating, but the evidence is there for that appointed of time maybe maybe not Mary you had something to say
2: well when I, I I'm going to go back to when I say how far into the knowledge was Yeshua we're going to stay there for a moment that he through his mother and Joseph apparently they were very good Jews mm-hmm. you know what I mean? well, sure. Torah Torah and learning, and he learned the Torah and everything so he was able to stand in front of those you know, sure. the hierarchy of it. But what we have to do today, and I don't speak teaching the children you know, having an opportunity, is to bring, you know, instead of doing this cutie thing, this cute thing, mm-hmm. we have to really show them the more they see the letters and know where they come from and what they say, teaching that child, because he's going to want to make that commitment mm-hmm. and not have fear of the Jewish, the Jewish
1: writing. Well, that's a good point too. Like I said, if, if you know when, our, when when you or our children, hopefully, at a minimum, if they go to a, a friend go to a synagogue service with a friend, they're not going to be like, I've never heard shema. I mean, they're going to hear something. You know, it's going to be when you hear that. I mean, there's plenty. I can, I look at stores now. I haven't done the traditional prayers for you know. Thirty-five years or something, but some stuff oh, it comes right back in. It's like old, right. you know, Led Zeppelin lyrics or something that you're not, <laughs> but you know, not proud of or whatever. <laughs> it just comes back, yes. Uh, I
3: think the point Maurice is making is, the, had there been the custom of bad non, oh, so in other words, would the non um, oh. non-Jewish believers okay, it? Right. They would have been doing what? I mean, in other words,
1: it's not it's not expected that, that? I, know, I suppose.
3: No, <laughs> no, no. no, no, no. understand. <laughs> All would have known. I mean, they've joined yeah. this group. So they would have done
5: what? They I mean, think
1: the, I think it's reasonable to say yes because of other admonition and other kind of corrections that we see. You know, they don't have to do this. Obviously, people trying to become Jewish or, or whatever it was, and they had to say no, you're not. Just do these things. What, they, if they, if they were mean, they're trying
3: just to just for, formulate.
1: Yeah.
3: A, a person coming from a totally pagan background yeah. or whatever. Yeah. What do? How do they fit in? right? But yeah. certain holidays, whatever, the, whatever was being done by the Jewish believers, mm-hmm. the non-Jewish believers would have done it too because that's all they had.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. It does make right. sense.
3: There,
1: there were no, 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 other new traditions mm-hmm. right. Okay. The um, let's go on, let's make sure we, see, we get through the stuff that's got here. Uh, and then we can, we can I'm not going to go down all these words necessarily. I put some words in your um, mm-hmm. in your notes there. When I looked up tradition, custom, and so forth, um, you get a lot in both the Tanakh and, and, and the New Testament scriptures, and some of the words I put there, specifically um, that first word, Masar, that that's more of a, a and I didn't put the definition there for you by the way, I apologize. It's hand over or deliver. And and where I saw that primarily again, I never I didn't see any pattern where I could really say this was used in this way, this was used negatively, this is used only positive. Um, some of these words, specifically that one and to a lesser extent the very last one, last one, Kabal, were words that you see in the, the Hebrew New Testament. Now what, what's that? Well that's Modern-day translations of the Greek text into Hebrew, and those are the, word, the <laughs> words that are are chosen to use. So you don't the New Testament we don't have evidence of the New Testament being written in Hebrew, so you have no manuscripts for that. But the other words are all words that are kind of in this. That anytime you see tradition or law or custom, and given, I put a few just references for you. If you look, you might find you probably figure out which word is being translated in your English version there. Uh, there and there's other. Those are not the single references. There are other ones. So it covers everything from just the idea of handing over or delivering something. Tradition literally can be the idea when something is a matter of law, okay, um, or it's a judgment, as kind of like in a court case. Um, or that last one, the idea of being something that is received. The modern day for a receipt, if you receive a receipt, this has that, that root of uh, cabal. Um, you see that as well. And there are other words. The big word, minchag, is a word that's often used for tradition. So, again, I didn't see a pattern there. In Greek, there are primarily two words that are used in the New Testament that one, uh, paradosis, and ethos. And you can find figure what you know ethos sounds like an English word ethos. Um, but you keep, you don't you want to work forwards, and not backwards, and put something into the word ethos. You know what I'm saying? You don't take our understanding of ethos today and put it back into the word ethos. It's gotta go the other the other way. Um, but those those words just kinda again, the idea of, the idea of something being handed down traditionally, something that's used in a customary manner or a habit. So those are some of the words. Again I didn't find any I didn't do an extensive word study. To, to say that I see any real pattern on how these words are used, but these are just the range of words that are used. Um, bar Bar Mitzvah. Let's take our last 10 minutes to talk about this because this is the, the topic here. When I've been talking about Sophia's Bar Mitzvah coming up, a lot, a lot of number of people that I've invited, and even some people in this room probably, I know, probably John, who said, hey, this is my first, first Bar Mitzvah. You know. um, what have you heard? What are your impressions when you think about that word? Anyone say, oh, I always thought this was, it was this, or what are you expecting? Anyone care to? Well, I didn't know.
5: And, again, not a Jewish background, but I would never, I had friends that were Jewish when I was a child, and I'd heard of it for a boy, but I'd never heard of it for a girl, ever. And I was like, I was like, huh, well, that's kind of interesting, but heard of it in terms of, um, I didn't know what it was, because I wasn't... Sure. I wasn't invited. I didn't get it, you know, we don't typically
1: like, invite you guys.
5: Yeah, and that's what kind of what they said, you know, send <laughs> <said> a check, <jet, laughs> show up. No, um, but you know, so yeah. I had, I had really kind of no idea except for, you know, all of a sudden he was an adult. Yeah. Right. <laughs>
1: we right. weren't. <laughs> so, so that's the big, those are the big pieces. Again, uh, I put these in your notes here. The, the idea is, you know, the today i become a man yesterday you're. Actually, one of the chapters I read, today I become a fountain pen. I can talk about that. And one of the gifts that was common to give back in the day was a pen. You get a lot of pens. That was a, that was a sign of sign of adulthood, of responsibility. You now have your own fountain pen. Aren't you glad it's changed now? You can get like, you
5: know, money so. stuff.
1: So, um, so that's, the idea is that it's the marking of religious adulthood. I mean, that, let's be quite frank about that. Religious religious adulthood.
6: It's be the same thing. The bar mitzvah be the same thing. To do in the Catholic
1: or the Lutheran Jewish confirmation. Possibly, and you'll see
6: that's at kind the, the same thing. There's
1: actually a thing called confirmation. I put that in your notes also in the last item. That's a very, that's a Jewish thing as well. I'll talk about kind of the difference there. Um, but the big picture of bar, bar mitzvah is this idea that it's a it's a uh, rite of passage. It's the marking of religious adulthood where the parents are no longer responsible. It's, in fact, one of the first prayers that the father says, um, I think I put in notes here, traditionally recites a blessing, basically saying, hey, you're no, not my responsibility anymore no, if you goof up. <laughs> it's your—it's your The idea is that you're starting kind of on your own to, to build from here. I put the prayer there for you that basically saying, praise you, Lord, God of the universe, who has excused me from being liable for this fool now, is basically what it says, you know, but this one is what it says, um, the child. Uh, so as part of your religious responsibility, you're able to be part of a, what's called a minion, which is a prayer group of ten, 10 people who are bar mitzvah. again, in an orthodox setting, a more conservative setting, it's just going to be men, reform is going to be different, uh, but you can do that, you can you can wrap the philin, the, the, the prayer uh, the straps and so forth, the headpiece, the head and you can um, be part of a, what's called a bait ding, which is, a, you know, if there's a matter of Law that needs to be decided for something, a child can be uh, bar, bar bar mitzvah can be part of that. And again, it should really be. I mean, ideally, it should be the beginning of religious life. But i put in notes here. Unfortunately, it has become the Jewish goal of religious life. Quite frankly, it is the goal. My buddy was at Chabad; his kids in religious school now. I know that he's you know he's six, I think, or seven. The goal is definitely bar bar mitzvah. Beyond that, they probably have no no. Uh, uh, aspirations for him beyond that but that's usually what it is it becomes unfortunately the goal and once it's reached that's it synagogue life ends and I, and I put in here also I think a, a related point we might think all oh, that is so sad which it is sad um, but I think we're not so far removed from it when I think a lot of times for believers we think well, if I can just get this person to believe in Yeshua they're in okay you're in now and then there's no discipleship or progressing or becoming part of a local congregation so it's not so far removed that we can't understand that kind of thing even in the Catholics with I had friends that were confirmed and went out to that. and you know, it's a little bit, um, a little bit further. Um, nowadays, the trend is further. I think, from that recognition of a boy or a girl showing responsibility in handling the scriptures and being able to pray, and it's become more of a thing of um, the celebration and the party. Quite frankly, that's really what it is when you think about that kind of thing. I read a quote where some rabbis said, "You know, nowadays, uh, when it comes to Bar Mitzvah, we're seeing a lot more of the bar." than
2: mid.
6: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did you get that pun? In <laughs> <laughs> gift giving, exactly. Again, you should receive pens now. I mean, it, it is gifts, and it's often a card hold, whatever, cold cash, hard-killed cash, whatever, uh, in multiples of 18, right? Or something that adds up like $50.67, right? You get five and six and seven, 13, uh, 18. I mean, something that adds up like that. Um, that's what it's become. Uh, I also put, uh, what's that? Why am I supposed to Six and
3: three, are you joking? No. You guys have the
1: significance of 18? Sure. No. So it's the one.
3: You mean the 18th crash? No. Daily what? Yes. Oh, high of 18. High. Okay, high yeah. of
1: 18. Teth right. and is the, the, the Hebrew that Looks like spelled out. And that's yeah. life. Right. So, so you right. give 18 you give $18, $36, mm-hmm. you give $54, $72, $90. For, again, $50.67. Oh. <laughs> you know. I think I want to record mission.
6: <laughs> it cannot
1: be half multiples. You can't start at 9. you got to start at least at 18. So uh, that's kind of how it goes. 18 pens, maybe I don't know. I put in there confirmation because in confirmation is something that uh, is a related ceremony and a related idea. And there's some someone said, oh well, that was just a girls could participate. But the fact is, is that boys were always. It wasn't. It was boys also had confirmation. Um, it was an opportunity. you know, so it wasn't just for an opportunity for for, for girls to participate. Um, but Confirmation, again, originally developed by the Reform Movement, which thought that, kind of what some of us have probably thought about too, like 13, who's an adult of 13? A kid's an adult at 13. I mean, God, love my Sophia, she's 11, she's going to be 12, you know, and it's like, she's a little kid. She's very smart, incredibly bright, all that kind of stuff, but she's a little kid. still a little kid. Yes, ma'am. But in Catholicism, Confirmation was becoming acknowledging of the Holy Spirit, and so it goes back to the offensive process. Yeah, so same word, different. Kind of like we say reform and reform. Reform doesn't mean reform. Conservative doesn't mm-hmm. mean conservative. So the
2: connection <laughs> is to know that that child and that person
1: is being schooled mm-hmm. and she you knows that the
2: Holy Spirit of God is gotcha. really, real. I got you. OK. Well, again, you have to do it. You have to do it.
1: <laughs> but in, in terms of confirmation from the Jewish standpoint, obviously was, you're not you're not talking about the Holy Spirit necessarily, but it was originally uh, developed by the Reform movement, and in some cases it was the the hope was that it could replace even some cases born mitzvah because it went the, like sixteen or eighteen, so you're getting the kids for a little bit longer than thirteen, which we, the, we most people recognize that the kids disappear at age thirteen. So the conservative synagogues and so forth, and Reform synagogues were hoping that it'd be a way to continue the child's education involvement for a little bit further. So is 13 an adult? You know, again, many people mock that idea that a 12 or 13 year old is an adult, claiming that this is just crazy, this is an outdated notion, um, you know, back when you had an agricultural society and then as an adult you gotta get to work and so forth. But quite frankly, you know, I don't think we should completely write off the thought that a, a 13 year old or a 12 year old is an adult. I mean, if we want to get graphic about it, I mean, I read an article of some 11 an year old got his teacher pregnant. I mean, like, the point is, from a reproductive standpoint, a child, this is getting close, very close to the age, but that's not what it's about. Um, but children, we shouldn't underestimate, I mean, even in our, in our own legal system, I believe uh, they, even children that young or younger can testify in court. That age is very important. What's that? You can You can be I guess you can be witness where it's heard. Yeah, the of yep. um, they can they can certainly at that age testify in, in parental custody cases and different things like that I remember my first job I was 14 I didn't work for I a mean, there's some there's some there's some limitations there but it's not so far the idea is certainly I believe a 13 year old I, I know that a 13 year old boy a 12 year old girl um, are certainly capable of knowing the difference between right and wrong at that age being responsible for their action and really that, that is a large part of what it means to become a, a bar or bat mitzvah. And that's certainly what we want to encourage in our context. We recognize maybe the Jewish understanding of what's going on in the Jewish community may or may not be ideally this idea of coming of age where you are now involved with handling the scriptures yourself and, and so forth. I also put your notes somewhere um, from a scriptural standpoint. I think I put it back there about this idea. Of, you Because know, in Exodus, we talk about 20 being the age of accountability. But it was in the book of John 9:23. Um, you know, this idea of parents no longer being responsible for their kids. This is a guy that got healed, remember the, the who healed you? What happened? Tell right. us what happened. Yeah. Right. And they went to his parents, his parents said, hey, don't ask us, ask him, he's of age. Says that they're real, literally, so this is not some completely foreign idea. Um, so whereas, whereas uh, you know, kids not necessarily becoming an adult, it is a marker, of, a sad marker, believe me, from, from adolescence, moving on. Sad, I mean sad in a bittersweet way, moving on to adulthood and so forth. In like one minute, maybe a comment or question, I'll stick around also, I apologize for zipping through that, but I feel like the foundation is really important before we just jump into the traditions of Barabat Mitzvahs. I believe there's a lot more, there's plenty of books out there, there's plenty of things you can read about um, what happens at Barabat Mitzvahs. If you're ever invited to go to a, to a non-Messianic one, I'd highly recommend that you go. Um, I think it'd be very enlightening, um, and I'd, I'd encourage you to look at it with an with an open mind, not just a, oh boy, this is, this is terrible, and this is sad, the kid doesn't know anything, or... Or what have you? I can't speak for every bar about bat mitzvah. Um, there were things that are meaningful and memorable from uh, from mine, and, and and vice versa. So, any comments here? Of course. It
3: just that um, the thing about adulthood, it it can really be viewed positively at the start of adulthood. You know, yeah. It was a recognition that, well, henceforth, I'm, I'm being trained, I'm be growing up gracefully into full adulthood. Because I I don't think we can say yes, you're okay, fully an adult. Even 18 is an arbitrary. Um, right. Right.
1: age that given and and case people know, under Hindu rights, a, a woman can get married at the age of 15. Listen, what? they get married and, what? and younger. I mean, my, younger. My wife tells me about, some. I think one of her cousins or someone, you know, was married at like 8, and they went to mm-hmm. live at the mother-in-law's yeah. house, yeah. and the mother-in-law scolded her, so she bit her mother-in-law, and she ran home, you know, it's like, <laughs> this is, she this this was married. Great. And her 8-year-old husband followed her, and they lived, and they grew up in her dad's house, or her mom's house. So the point is, they were married, you know, and it was, they were like, let no. So, yeah, <laughs> could, could there be a correlation
2: of education? Knowing the parents, the child learns from the parents. You know, the son learns to do these, uh, you know, the, the job of the father, mm. earn money, and the, the woman learns household, household and everything. So is is it the beginning of an educational, you know, like? Huh? I remember the yeshivas in New York, you know. But the idea is that it's a focus on educating, commitment to educating the child to the next step in
1: life. Well, certainly it's it's a marker of the fact that that's that a large part's already happened. You've well, had, that that's it's a marker of that. Um, and again, I think the the idea is that now from here on out, you're not oh you're on your own completely, but I, I think know, certainly the market. bulk ideally but, the bulk of that is taking place. But we
4: are we talking more like a spiritual? Of uh, the adultness, because I mean it, everything's right there's Spot, or bar meets
1: spot. Mm-hmm, yeah, I mean I think again it. It's hard to speak across the spectrum. Right. In general, the idea is you know how to say the prayers now, and you should be part of the community and do that. And you can lead the prayers. You can be part of decision making. You can make a prayer meeting happen. Um, you can be called on to go to the Torah at any moment. Wow. I mean, it's this kind of stuff. I mean, it, And it's not because, not as a test, but it's the idea that you are a part, you're a part of the donkey, sure, you're gonna, if you're part of a minion, you might be the 13 year old boy and you're hanging out with the 50 year old man. So ideally, mentorship and that kind of stuff's gonna happen. It's not a matter of you're on par. And I mean, in one That's sense true. yes, in one true. sense no. Let's let, let's put a comma on this. I'll sit right here, we can keep going, but I want to respect, we're just a couple minutes over, so just out of respect for that, let's, um, well, you imagine? Would you Heavenly yeah. okay.
4: Father, we thank you for allowing us to be here tonight and learning about your people, your instructions. Um, thank you for, because you have a right driver, David, put this in his heart to teach us, Lord, to, to all of us. And we ask you, Lord, that as we go home tonight, that you be with us, And we give you thanks for everything you have done in our lives to show us things.